Hello friends, my name is Dave Miller. And I'm Niall Spain. And we're your fuck buddies. We are a dating and sex advice podcast where we take your sticky sexy situations and we turn them into sexy sticky situations. Simply put, we find questions either online or from our wonderful listeners on the topics of sex and dating. And we answer them for you. I don't have anything to talk about in the, the opening. Do you have anything? I just want to thank all of our patrons for being amazing. Everyone who's on Patreon, you're legends. Uh, we get another pillow talk in the works. It'll be out at the end of the month. We appreciate the support just so much because, you know, it lets us do this. I know I probably, we probably say this a lot, but I don't think we can thank you too much. So, so there. Yeah. So there. And as, as always, hit us up on our website or our social medias if you want to get in contact with us. If you don't know what the hell we're talking about, we have recently started a Patreon, which is a platform in which you can uh, pledge a little bit of money every month and you receive special bonuses. So we have three tiers. Uh, the first tier is for $3. Um, that just lets us know that you support the show and it is super welcomed and we thank you greatly for it. If you go up to the next tier, it is $7, um, and you get access to, well, first, you let us know that you love the show, you support us, but you also get access to a monthly episode of a new podcast that Niall and I do called Pillow Talk, um, and you get that once a, once a month, at the end of every month, uh, you get a bonus episode of, of us um, as a way to say thank you. And then uh, the next tier above that is $13.50, and with that, you get uh, access to pillow talk you also get access to a priority question queue so if you have a question and you're a member of this tier uh when you send in a question it goes to the top of the line and we will answer it uh, before any other ones so that is a great thing to do if you have lots of questions um there is also a very secret higher tier i'm not going to talk about it no we're never going to talk about it until the one faded day yeah until some lunatic does it uh, but yeah, we appreciate all the support and thank you. All right, you ready? Yep. Speaking of audience questions, one of our best, this is Agent Freedom Eagle, and they're coming in hot with a two-parter, part one. I recently came across a recommendation for a book called How to Not Die Alone with this excerpt, and there's an excerpt. I haven't dated for a while, so I'm not sure if a book like this would help. While I read self-development books, I haven't read any when it comes to dating and or romantic relationships. Have either of you read this book, and do you think it's worth looking into? Now, I haven't read the book. It's How How Not to Die Alone by Logan Yuri. Yeah, I also haven't read the book, so I can't say anything for the subject matter. But I'm hoping the How Not to Die Alone is tongue-in-cheek, and therefore... Hints at the fact that the book will be more, you know, less rigid and a little more, you know, sarcastic and a little more on the lighter side of things. And on the flip side, I'm really hoping it's not an actual book that's like, hey, follow these steps and you will not die alone. Because yeah. I feel like that might be not a great start. Mm -hmm. So I read the the excerpt is basically about it's like titled that basically like the spark is like your biggest nemesis while dating. And it basically goes through like three things. It's like when you meet the right person, you'll feel instant fireworks. That's a myth. The spark isn't always a good thing. And also that if you have a spark, it doesn't necessarily mean your relationship is viable, which I don't necessarily agree with. Like we've talked about before where, or I don't disagree with necessarily because we've talked before about how like, yeah, you'll see someone and you'll find them attractive, but it's when you really get to know them that you'll either find them more attractive or less attractive. 100%. Um, we've 
I think we all know that like you can find someone attractive and then they can also not be great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the spark is not always a good thing, you know, necessarily. And thirdly that like, yeah, you can't base a relationship around just this, like, you know, you might have really good chemistry, but if you guys don't gel and if you're not in the same wavelength, if you don't treat each other, well, that relationship isn't viable. So like, I don't disagree with any of the things they're saying, but I also don't think any of them are very, they're not really breaking the mold here. Like we know these things, right? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't think a lot of people do. I mean, if you live as our show, yeah, you, you mm-hmm. probably, you've heard us talk about this concept, but I think there are still a lot of people out there who, who still do believe that it's, you know, when the right person walks into the room, time is going to slow down and like a Faith Hill song is going to start playing and there'll be like flower petals breezing through the air and the the focus will get a little softer. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think people still do have that connotation that like when they meet quote unquote, the one, and this is not Jet Li, the, then like, you know what I mean? Like there isn't really a moment where the person you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life is going to stop time. And I'm not saying that it's impossible. You know what I mean? It it kind of is. And I think that like, and like love at first sight, I think is, is bullshit. And I think anyone who believes it ever happened, it's like, you might've gotten lucky, but like, you don't know someone by looking at them. Right. Um, so if you got love at first sight and they ended up being great, cool. You got lucky because you literally cannot discern someone's fucking personality by looking at them. If you could, the world would be very different. You know, not fully. You don't, (laughs) you don't like delve the depths, right? You can get a very surface level idea. Unless it's um, racist Steve who walks in with a super racist T-shirt and a KKK well, hood on. You know what? Yeah, there's some people throw out enough. But you still don't know everything. Racist you know, Steve could be a lovely man. Really well, loves animals. He might have depths. They might be even shittier depths. You never know. <laughs> so, like, just flat out. Yeah, I guess you're right. And also, I love how me saying, like, we know these things is also a self-burn on us. Because we, we, I just said we talked about them before. So you're right. It's not saying the wrong things. I definitely have nothing to criticize in that excerpt. I don't know enough about it, whether to recommend it or not. The other thing is, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's any harm in reading books. What you need to like, if you're going to read self-help books, especially ones when it comes to dating, you need to have it with a grain of salt. You need to be able to filter it through what you know is true. And what you believe is a core value of how you want to date and strain the information and and the knowledge that they're imparting through that, because there might be things in there that like, maybe they encourage like, oh, you like sleep with people on the first date. That's like the best way to do it. If that's not something you're comfortable with, then you don't have to follow these steps. But every now and then, like you might read a whole book and get one page worth of something that really resonates with you. Mm -hmm. And that's true about like any sort of advice. Like even with us, we give advice that we think is good, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like not everything is going to resonate with every person. So Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, one, every five episodes, you get something that really sort of clicks with you and opens a door for you. And you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think you have to approach self-help in that fashion of just being like, I can't take every word that every person says to me as gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, especially with sex and dating. It's like, there is no like instruction manual. There is no one true way. Everybody's only vaguely qualified. You know what I mean? Like there, people can be 
decent in the field, but I think that's about as good as you can get. You know what I mean? Like there is no like secret code, right? Which is why we hate pickup artistry so much because it, it purports to give this like surefire way and follow these steps. And it's like, yeah, that's not how it works. So yeah, I don't think there's a harm in reading it. If you know that one, like I know you have a good head on your shoulders, so I don't doubt that you'll be able to read this and like figure out which bits are helpful and which bits aren't, you know what I mean? And if you're ever unclear, you can send them into us and we'll see what we think of them. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any harm, you know, read it, see what, see what it says, you know, maybe pull out the library. So you don't have to burn money on it in case it's yeah. not good. Um, and just like, don't, if there's something you disagree with, don't immediately be like, well, I should agree. You know, think about why you disagree. Think about what they're saying and like, try to find the right path between the two, because what they write isn't necessarily going to be correct. And the same yeah. with us, you know what I mean? As Dane says, like, we're only out here doing our best. What we say isn't gospel. It's not like, we're not fucking geniuses. It's not like we have the whole thing figured out. I like to think we have a decent, you know, set of heads on our respective shoulders. And I like to think that we give out positive and hopefully helpful advice, but you know, we can only do so much and there's times where we're going to be wrong. So. And there's going to be times where we're going to be right for some people and wrong for others. Exactly. Like it's, that's just life. Unfortunately, like advice. We try to keep things as broad enough. And there've been tons of times where we're like, with the information we're given, this is how we're going to recommend it. But like, there's so many variables and so many personalities that differ from person to person to person to situation to situation that like, obviously the things that we recommend, while you might come across a situation that's similar to yours on the, the podcast, there could be a, a small tweak that's different and we would give completely different advice if that wasn't there. Um, so yeah, like keep yourself open and fluid and willing to accept new information, but at the same time being able to filter out uh, the things that don't gel with your core values and the things that like, you know, wouldn't work for you. Um, now, the second part of this question is, are there any books on the subject matter you like and would recommend? And I also don't have a recommendation here. I haven't really read any sex and dating advice books. So the one I would recommend is The Ethical Slut. And while it's predominantly for people who want to get into polyamory and non-monogamous relationships and that sort of sphere of the dating world, I think there's a lot in there that addresses insecurities and jealousy and negotiating multiple partners and stuff. And I think it's a really good book for pretty much everyone, even if you have no intention to ever dabble in non-monogamy or polyamory, it's a great way to sort of uh, flush a lot of your toxic and socialized preconceptions of what it means to be a good sexual partner because a good non-monogamous partner is a good partner right like you you can remove the the polyamory you can remove the non-monogamous and you're still a good partner so removing sort of the biases that we have based on you know monogamy and things that we've learned through movies and culture and yada yada uh, being able to free yourself from a lot of that baggage is always going to be beneficial. All right. Well, hopefully that helped pick up the ethical slut. And by that, I don't mean Dane. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know, you know, if there's any tidbits of wisdom that you agree with or don't, feel free to send them in and we'll we'll throw our respective heads at it. I would also be very careful about Googling uh, recommendations for dating books, unless you're willing to also check into who's recommending them 
because you could look for what looks like a great list of books, but it could be from someone from like the pickup artist community. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a waste of your time. Or they could be, you know, men's rights activists or, you know, any number of like toxic communities or Mm -hmm. communities that have a very skewed perception of things. So if you are going to look up lists online, do a quick like deep dive on either the the website that's recommending them or if you can, the author that's recommending them uh, just to get a little bit of backsight on who they are and why they might be recommending them. Yep, 100%. And best of luck out there. You're awesome, so I have zero doubts that you will do great. Yep. Um, this comes from OT Deep in Soju. Okay. And they say, how should I, a 22-year-old female, tell my date, a 23-year-old male, about my skin issue? So just my legs and butt mostly, I have really bad acne scars. And the acne is still ongoing, even if I'm getting it treated. Little squiggly emoji face. I'm deeply insecure about the scars and acne as well. I'm afraid to get naked in front of him, and I think we'll have to do that sometime soon. How should I tell him? What if he gets grossed out? What should I do? That's tough, because I feel like we've had similar conversations where it's like, sometimes it's better not to to do the telling, because out of context and with your imagination to guide you, the problem can always seem a lot worse. Yeah. You know? Um, At the same time, I don't you know, you don't necessarily want to keep take someone by surprise in an intimate moment like this as well, you know, or like have them say the wrong thing. Or I don't know if you're going to feel comfortable not bringing it up because you're probably going to be thinking, is he looking at it? Is he disgusted? And that's going to ruin your sexual experience, too, even if they don't say anything. Yeah, I, it's tough because I could go either way on this one. Right. You know what I mean? Where like you leave it and see if they say something and just kind of deal with it because it's like acting's not it's not a foreign concept to people. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows people who have acne and acne scars, and the only difference is that it's somewhere a little bit more intimate. If there's, I don't know, if you guys are talking about stuff, I feel like there might come a moment where they're talking about insecurity or a skin thing, and you could just drop it and be like, oh, yeah, I have like really bad acne, but it's very annoying because it's like on my legs, on my butt, like fucking typical, ha ha ha, and just kind of like bring it up in that way so that you're telling them, but you're not warning them. Yeah, like, hey, just a heads up. I need you to know about my butt acne. Mentioning it in a like it exists way as opposed to a I'm warning you about it way, I think is definitely the way to go. If you pre-mention it, what do you think, Dan? I think I would appreciate the heads up if we were getting hot and heavy. I don't think you should bring it up until it's going to happen. Right. Like, I don't think you guys should be out for drinks and be like, hey, just so you know, I certainly don't think you should mention it over text, because as we as now mentioned, it's like when the imagination is is let to uh, or allowed to run loose. If someone says, oh, I have acne scars and acne on my butt, I'm going to think worst case scenario if you're telling me ahead of time. And whatever that means for me and whatever it means for your partner, like, you know what I mean? Like it's a two very sliding scales of things of people. It's, it's never going to work out and it's probably not as bad as someone is going to imagine. Mm -hmm. So I don't think putting that out into the world is the right way to do, but on the flip side, depending on how close the acne is to your genitals, I would really appreciate a warning or at least a heads up if we're about to like have sex, that that's not something I need to be concerned about. A hundred percent. And that is kind of what crossed my mind is like, if someone knows what it is, they're going to be a lot more accepting. Whereas like, 
you don't really want someone midway being like, hey, do you have STDs you need to tell me about? Yes, exactly. I was once hooking up with someone um, and she had what I thought might have been, I don't know, like a cold sore or something on her lip. And she was like trying to take my trousers down and just go for a blowjob. And I had to stop and awkwardly be like, hey, I noticed this thing on your lip. Like, I just want to like talk about it before we do anything because, you know got to protect the junk at all costs mm-hmm. um and she'd gotten her lips like injected like just before she came over and like we kind of she like showed me the thing but like it took all the wind out of the sails and it was very awkward and like then she was like what you thought that i would do that and i was like i don't know which you know i didn't um and all ended up fine but like at the time not the best way to go about it definitely took the wind out of the sails a little bit now would you think and this is just me asking you because I'm curious, would it be had been different if she had offered the information prior to like if you guys are making out hot and heavy and she's like, oh, hey, just so you know, I just got my lips filled. That's what like this little bad boy oh, yeah, is. 100%. Um, yeah. So I think I think like yeah. me having to call her on it and then her having to like explain and then her getting upset that I asked, which was kind of weird. Just the whole thing. Like it wasn't the most smooth because also in a sense, I'm kind of saying, hey, do you have this thing? You know what I mean? And yeah. then she was like, oh, you thought I had that, which was stupid because it's not a moral judgment. But you know what I mean? People can get insecure about these things. I get it. Um, whereas beforehand, she was like, oh, don't mind this. I just, you know, that would have been fine. It would have gotten it out of my head. And the thing is, it's like I didn't even necessarily get to look at it properly because she was trying to do that like sexy thing where you get in and get straight down to business, you know? Yeah. Um, I just happened to kind of like catch a glance of it. Anyway, on the other side, I'm not sure that because of how that went, like taking the wind out of the sails, I'm not sure that what you're saying is the right way to do it. I think saying it beforehand is actually the way to go. And I think the way you do it has to be casual. Like it has to be, I'm letting you know about this just in general, not a, I'm letting you know about this in regards to us having sex and being naked. So like you say you're on medication Maybe mention like, oh, hold on, I just got to grab my pills or whatever. And maybe they'll ask and maybe they won't. But I feel like it's a very easy way to be like, oh, sorry, I know that sounds weird. Haha, <laughs> I just I have to take it. I've got like acne on like, you know, my leg and my butt. So, you know, and that's a very casual way to do it, I think. I would <laughs> maybe find another way. Maybe try to bring up a side effect. Like maybe if you're out for well, drinks. That's the thing. I don't know if you're able to drink. You know, I'm not being serious. I'm not saying like right, do it by the script. Everything I said. Excuse but, me. Hold on one second. I just have to get my pills. <laughs> yeah, you can only say it the way I said. Um, but like, I feel like, yeah, if you can't drink or if there is a side effect, like pointing that out and being like, oh, you know, I have my acne, blah, 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 blah. Like, that is a very easy way of letting someone know. And, you know, it's not a beware. Beware when you go down there that shit's going to get grim. It's just, oh, I have this thing and you're stating it. And, like, if they see something and pause for a second, they'll remember, hopefully. Yeah, because I've been with, I've also been with a woman where we were finally going to hook up. And when I took her underwear off, there was, like, a various obvious, like, red kind of something. That was there. That's actually and, a clit. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, hey, like before I go down. And she was like, yeah, no, I had an ingrown hair that got carried away with. And uh, she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I agitated it. I got it out. But like, it is just an ingrown hair. And like, 
I was like, okay, cool, thanks. So yeah, it's it's a fine line to walk of being of, of thinking of your partner and and assuaging any fears they might have with with the the situation down there of being like, hey, it's it's not anything you have to worry about. Um, but then also, like you said, sort of taking the wind out the sails a little too early. It is it's a it's a tightrope walk, and I'm not really sure when the best time would be for it all. So it's funny. I had a like my ex when we started hooking up. It had like gotten to the point where you know I thought we were you know any day now we were gonna fuck. And one time I'm like, oh, you want to come back to mine? And she like got really weird and like bailed. And I was like, oh no, like did I do something wrong? And then like the next time we met up, it was kind of the same thing. And it turned out she had an ingrown hair, like just kind of like off to the side and the same kind of panic where she was like, I don't want to explain it. Don't want to show him like he'll think it's a wrong thing. Um, so this is a thing I think people deal with. Obviously different to, to your case because scars are, you know, more permanent. But you're helped by the fact that, like, you know, as I said, people know what acne is. People know what acne scars are. They're, you see them everywhere. Most people have dealt with it at some point. But I think both of us are agreed that not telling him is not the way to go. Yeah, no, this is not something that he needs to find out on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we're kind of on the fence as to, like, when and where and how. That I know that's kind of the question, but it, it really, <laughs> like, you really do have to sort of feel it out. You know what I mean? Like, if you have the opportunity, as Niles mentioned, if it, if if something like that comes up, that's your chance to slide it in. Um, if it doesn't come up and there's no natural way to bring it up, I think there's no harm in saying, you know, while you guys are hot and heavy before you know things progress too far, just being like, hey, just a heads up, um, I do have acne and acne stars on my legs and my butt. Um, nothing to worry about. Maybe even just like, you know, be like a little honest, be a little vulnerable with each other and, and just admit, like, just be like, Hey, I do have something I'm insecure about. I just want to like, you know, kind of let you know about and, and just be like, yeah, I have acne scars and I have acne and it's localized here and here. And, you know, and like, I think that's part of being a good partner as well is you know, vocalizing your concerns and hopefully they'll be there for you. And most importantly, they'll know it's something that you are insecure about and hopefully will then make extra care to not be a shithead, you know? And I, I don't think there's any harm in that, you know? And if they're weird about it, you're doing yourself a favor by, you know, weeding this person out early. I've had uh, multiple sexual partners who have told me something usually health related prior to having sex um, and it was usually like almost immediately before we started having sex. Like I remember there was one woman who had uh, like an intestinal issue. Like she had surgery or something when she was younger. Um, and she was like, Hey, just so you know, like I can't fold my legs back. So like if we're in missionary, I kind of like, you can't really like bend and fold me too much because it really, really hurts. And I was like, okay, great. Thank you for letting me know that because I would hate to do that. You know, otherwise, I've had women tell me, be like, hey, so there's another issue that I have. Like, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, they told me at the time of being like, sometimes I have vaginal bleeding. And so if you do notice blood, I like, don't panic. I'm not on my period and you're not hurting me. It is just a, a thing that I have. And if it's bad enough, I we may have to stop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course. Yeah. I was like, do you need me? And then like I opened dialogue of being like, if I notice it and you haven't said anything, should I mention it to stop? 
Like, is it something that will do, like, you know... The... Yeah, like, will you feel, like, when it reaches a point, or do I need to alert yeah. you? You know what I mean? Like, Because yeah, I was like, the last thing I want to do good is... Good partner would do. Yeah. So, so I and at no point in time, granted, I can't vouch for every man ever, but as, a, as opening into a sexual relationship with someone, even if it's one time, if there is something pertinent to your... Uh, you know, your health or your well-being or even just like the base enjoyment of the act, which like I comfort. Exactly. I, I don't think there's any harm in putting it on the table because at that point in time, they will sort of show their colors. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll either be accepting and accommodating or they'll be shitty and you've saved yourself the trouble of sleeping with someone that you probably aren't going to be proud that you slept with. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like there's a bunch of different ways you can throw it out there and literally there's no harm in just being like, you know, I would definitely phrase it more in uh, terms that are not warnings, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, you're not doing yourself any favors there. You're not doing them any favors. It's negative. doesn't need to be. Let them know you're insecure about it. Let them know it's an issue you have or, you know, I think those are the only two issues or the only two ways I'd go about it really. And if they're shitty, fuck them. And by that, I mean, do not fuck them. This is by Grably Like That Lish. How can I get my girlfriend to tell me where she went this weekend? Mm. My 30-year-old male girlfriend, 37-year-old female, has reappeared in my life three weeks ago after missing for eight months. Prior to that, we lived together for nearly two years. Last Friday morning, she randomly packed all of her things and told me, due to some long text from her mom that I should have been aware of, she was going to be away helping family all weekend long. That was a surprise, but okay. Tried asking where she was going. Reached out to her over the weekend. Her phone was off. My calls went straight to voicemail, but she kept updating her Instagram. Late last night, she called me and then came home slash over. Still not sure what the status of my home to her is. My home is where we lived for two years. I asked her how her weekend was and where did she go? Grandparents? Cabin with sister? Parents? She only gave me a vague answer that she was running around and didn't see her family. Okay. This morning, I took a closer look at her Instagram and she was in a different city. At some farm with some kids. And at someone's modern looking apartment. If she was hiding it from me, she would not post so openly where she was. But at the same time, she refuses to talk about where she went. My brain is telling me a story that in the eight months of her absence, she started a new relationship and is now bouncing between me and another guy. How do I get her to tell me what's going on? Hold on. This is your question? Not the eight months <laughs> she fucking disappeared? That's fine. He can he can deal with eight months. Eight months and three days, though? Nah, dude. Like, I was waiting for this other shoe to drop. But it's like, you live... like. You lived with her for two years, presumably maybe dated longer, and then she just fucking disappeared for almost a year? Yeah. And you had no questions about that, but she goes away for a weekend and all of a sudden you're fucking Nancy Drew? (laughs) What? That is exactly why I brought it, because I read this and I had to read it like multiple times. Like, wait, did it ever like what? No, just never, never clears that up. And, like, when someone says they disappear, I assume they mean, like, no contact, no updating social media, no, you know, answering phone calls, like, no contact. I'm, like, just a ghost. So what I read, yes, that was exactly what happened. They literally vanished for eight months and then just showed back up. And he was like, hey, this is also, like, we talked about this before. Are you sure it's still your girlfriend? Well, I know you're asking if the relation still exists. I'm asking, is it still your girlfriend in this mortal sense that she hasn't been taken over by some sort of, I hate to 
keep talking about it, but Eldritch being. That's fair. Has she been body snatched? It's possible. Yeah, I feel like this weekend is far less of a concern than the eight months. But either one of them is you being smacked with a red flag so big that it's probably going to murder you soon enough. Now you say that, but I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about this because eight month disappearance is you can say, oh, they've disappeared. They're gone. Mm-hmm. But they've gone away for a weekend and they've shown this mysterious, almost Gone Girl-esque puzzle of where they went, but aren't telling you. That, to me, is more troubling than the eight-month disappearance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this seems to be, like, posturing for something. And it makes me very nervous. So, so I'm sorry. You decided to disagree with me saying they're giant red flags only to say that... They are, in fact, also red flags. No, I. you said that the the weekend wasn't as big of a deal as the eight months. Oh, no, I'm saying both of them are giant red flags. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you could do a question and be either. You know what I mean? If someone fucked off for a weekend and was just like, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Like, what? Like, that's terrible. Like, Who are these children? Just, Who's who are these, apartment? Who are, like, you, and that's the best part. It's like, in general, that would be ridiculous. But, like... Imagine I just, like, posted some weird kids on my fucking Instagram was like, don't worry about it. Now, how old are these kids? Because eight months. Yeah. Eight months. That's almost nine months. So Uh maybe, you know, one month in, found out she was pregnant, got shuttled away to some sort of conclave, a farm perhaps, Mm -hmm. to have these kids. And maybe she grew close to the other farm kids that, you know, her weird... How many brothers and sisters does she have? Do they all disappear for eight months? You know what I mean? Like, do the sisters always disappear? And then all of a sudden there's a new kid at the farm? I feel like you you should have probably got out during the eight months and not let her back in. At least without, you know, a very, very good explanation, a massive apology. And even then, it's like, can't think of many things that would, you know, absolve yourself of an eight-month disappearance. And even then... A weekend disappearance, 100%, like, obliterates any apology they just gave. I can't stop thinking about these kids. Are they okay? Are they allowed to leave the farm? Are they raised raised for a purpose? Are they, what, they're farming? This kind of reads like, you know, a thriller. This is, yeah, this is like some Gone Girl shit. Like, 100%. Gone Girl 2, the gonest girl. (laughs) Gone harder. (laughs) Gone harder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too, too uh, gone too furious <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's the thing I, I my patience for people who ghost me like even if i like if we haven't gone on a date or we've gone on a few dates and you ghost me for like two weeks i'm pretty much over you like yeah. like you know what i mean like unless you come back with a real good reason as to why you couldn't respond to a text that takes 30 seconds mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done with you if i'm in a committed relationship or any sort of relationship with you and we've been living together for two years, and you decide to fuck off with absolutely no contact for eight months. One, I would call the cops. Did you yeah. call the cops? Did you call the cops, dude? Because you seem remarkably blasé about most of this. Yeah, like, did you try to find out that she was okay? Because that's, like, if Amanda just didn't come home, like, okay, maybe this might seem overbearing, but, like, 
Amanda was out until like 4 a.m. one night with her friends. Mm-hmm. And the last I heard from her was around midnight. And she's very, very good at being like, hey, I'm still out. I'm still safe. Don't worry about it. Because she knows that like, you know, after a certain time of the night, I do get concerned because Toronto has a, a record of people trying to snatch women in vans and shit. Um, so she she's very good at checking in every now and then just being like, don't worry, I'm still, you know, I'm still safe. And that doesn't mean like I'm I'm monitoring her or I need an update as to like where she is or who she is or that she has to be home by a certain time. She can stay out as long as she wants, as long as I know she's safe. You know what I mean? Like and to be fair, most people do this with if not their partner, then a friend. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's not unheard of. Um so if one day Amanda went out, even if she was at work or you know, she was like, Oh, I'm gonna go get some groceries and then didn't come home, I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Like I would I would be so worried and so scared and so sick with like thinking of all the terrible possibilities that like I would call the cops. Like the first day she didn't come home. I would call the cops oh, or, or I would call, you know, everyone I knew she was out with the night prior and all of her friends would be like, have you seen her? It's like, yeah. I don't care if she's on the verge of breaking up with me and doesn't want to see me. I just want to make sure she's not dead. We can figure out everything else after that. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, the funny thing is like, even I saw like a missing person thing, Toronto police sent out during the week and there was like a big thing on it being like, remember the 24 hour, like call in thing is not real. So if people go missing, make sure to report it once it's, you know, an issue. Because, like, that's a TV bullshit thing. Like, people have an idea of when it's not okay for someone to have come home, you know. Again, so once the groceries, they've been gone for five hours. That's not normal. So you call the police. They're not going to tell you to fuck off. So did you call the cops, dude? Anyway, back to the question. (laughs) How can he get her to tell him? Because she's not asking, should I break up with her? Which I think we agree, yes. I mean, look, you know where this farm is. You need Does to he? reverse Google. Well, she said, he said it was like on another city. That's fair. So he knows maybe she geotagged it. You need to visit this farm. Yeah. Like, like at this point, you need to follow these these threads. Um, I would. You know what? No, I wouldn't cover your tracks. I wouldn't back. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to say you need to make sure you don't get caught up in a conspiracy. But it's like at this point, you're in it. You know what I mean? Like, you've you fucked up so hard by letting her back into your life um you are pretty much being uh orchestrated as a fall guy you're being too gone too girliest yeah for something i don't know if you're ben affleck or if you're neil patrick patrick harris in this situation but like something tells me you're probably gonna have garden shears in a very important part of your body in the next year or so i think you need to do the opposite of what she did and let everyone know where you're going And that place will be the farm so that when you go missing, at Mm -hmm. least they can free these children. Or you get a burner phone and you text her and you say, he knows. Well, that's specifically how he's going to get garden shears and his important parts. Then you say, I know. I don't know. I was hoping you get her to like admit, you know? No. The second you tell someone that they know, like that's (laughs) that's time to get rid of that person. Yeah, but this, this mm, man's yeah. incredible ignorance is the only thing keeping him alive right now. Then you text her saying, if you don't give me a million dollars, I'll tell him about the farm. Oh, now now we're talking. Then, worst case, you get a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Best case, you find out who these kids are. Yeah. Uh, you make a Facebook profile with the pictures of the kids, and then you message her and say, Mom? <laughs> 
And then if she says, no, I'm your jailer, you're like, ha, got you. This is wild, and I need to know the answers to all the questions that I have. You need to sit her down and not accept being blown off like this. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's very funny that she's like, oh, give me a vague answer and, like, leaves. It's like, this isn't okay. And the fact no. that you let her back in after eight months makes it seem like you don't realize how not okay this no, is. No, we're past that. This, there's no helping this man. <laughs> no, I refuse to admit that. You need to not take no for an answer, and you also need to get out of there. And that's that's my that's my f buds advice. The only thing you like, the only thing I I can actually honestly suggest this man change your locks and send call the cops and say you need to go to this farm and leave it at that because I promise you there's something fucked up happening at this farm. They are harvesting child meat. You know what I mean? Like I bet here's okay. You you want to hear my thoughts? Here's here's what I think that's happening. She is a member of a cult, maybe a leader of a cult. I don't know, but she goes and gets pregnant from other men, perhaps a certain kind of man. I don't know. haven't fully fleshed this out. The kind of man who doesn't ask questions after you disappear for eight months. Right. I don't know. She then, you know what I mean? Like once she's confirmed that she's pregnant, she disappears, goes, has the baby on the farm. Now this baby is a source of food for this cannibal cult. And that's just kind of what they do. You know what I mean? Like they go in and she maybe she's going in because she just had this baby. She's able to, you know, breastfeed some of the younger ones to nurse them to, you know, full health so that when they are plump, fat, ripe babies, it's dinner time. This is basically the plot of Promised Neverland. I got there first. Uh, yeah, I think we've I think we finished this question. This, this question is not finished until I find out, until I personally am standing on the property of this farm. Oh my god, what if it's Quantum Dad strikes again? <laughs> Maybe. At the end of the show, we, we didn't do a whole lot of questions today. We talked a lot about things, and hopefully they were helpful. Um, but at the end of the show, we like to peruse online dating platforms such as Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, and uh, comb them for red flags, what works, what doesn't work, in an effort to make your online dating experience a little more enjoyable. I got a good batch. You okay. ready? Yeah. This is Kira. Kira's 21. Dream date. You watch me and my roommate play new Super Mario Bros. for six hours, and I suck your dick after. Damn, yeah, okay. I will say, I'm down. Yeah. That's a, it's a nine. Um, This is Tabia. What are, you, what are you giving me? Oh, sorry. That's a, Yeah, that's a 10, because it's very funny. And also, like, the promise of a blowjob. It's Thought funny, it's raunchy, and you like Super Mario Bros. I like it. Actually, maybe it is a 10 for me, too. <laughs> um, this is Tabia. Dad took a picture of me without knowing it'll land on Tinder. Cheers to that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's an 8. Uh, I'm not sure what picture he took. <laughs> yeah. Is it like a very sexual picture? Because that I don't be know. Weird. There wasn't any like really sort of charged Raunchy. pictures. Yeah. There is one of her like standing on a beach. Um, so I'm wondering if that's it. But I don't that's know. Fine. Whatever. I think it's funny. Um, but it like it gives me enough to know like that's pretty funny. But like there's nothing else there and there's no blowjob. So only eight. Yeah. This is nameless. Ooh. And it's just because their name is scratched out when it got sent. Uh, fuck bios, but I will hate on myself constantly. I will cry for no reason. I'll push you away or be mean sometimes. I will not eat for days and sometimes I will binge eat. Most of the time I'm not affectionate, but when I am. I'm too affectionate. You'll probably hate me, but I don't want to have sex with you. I want a relationship. Games, anime, and horror films. 
I mean, we've had this so many times in one way or the other of just being like, cool, you've announced that you're a terrible person and not any fun to date. Yeah. I'll be very bad one way, but if I'm not, I'll be very bad the other way. It's like, yeah. what? I have no good middle ground. I'm either too much or too little. She does sound very much like a cat. Damn, is you she, do love cats. Is she a cat? Because the you... whole, like, sometimes I won't eat. Sometimes I'll eat so much I'll throw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I'm affectionate, I'm too affectionate. I won't leave you alone. But most of the times I will scratch you. This I is a shoe away or be mean sometimes. But do cats hate on themselves constantly? No, cats love themselves more than anybody loves themselves. That's true. So it was almost. And all cats want to have sex with you. uh yeah it's a zero yeah it's gonna be a zero for me as well they couldn't be any less attractive or it could be but it's you know um this i this has like really well you know i'll just read it um this is jamie i spent all my time making weebart and thrifting soft bean energy here to find (laughs) friends photography models and casual flirting polycurious and then a couple i think they're horoscope signs and then INFP, and then NW1. Oh, God, it's a new one. I don't know what that is. I like soft bean energy. I knew you would. What's Weebar? Weeb art. Oh, Weeb art. I like that, too. I feel like the star signs and the INFP bullshit, it's so prevalent that stopping being as much of a red flag as me is just becoming background noise. Mm-hmm. Like a seven, a six? I would definitely, I would want to match with her specifically to be like, hey, the fuck soft bean energy? Is that good? Yeah. Do I want bean energy? What was it? NW1 as well was the thing? Yeah, it's an Enneagram uh, personality type. Uh, no, it's a area code in England for Camden Lock. So she is, in fact, a postal code. 9W1 is a p- area oh, code? I thought you said NW1. No, 9W1. I might have said N because 9 starts with an N and I'm, my brain is... A monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like an anagram. Okay, well, they're hardworking, creative, and friendly. That's good. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's like a six. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it a six as well. I don't love it. I don't hate it. You know, this one also has their name blurred out, but it's great. On the topic of nude photos, I'd like to remind you of a little story. In 1912, a girl had a nude photo drawn in a sketchbook by a random dude that no one's ever heard of. The drawing gets locked in the safe on a boat. The boat sinks, and her nude picture still ends up on TV 84 years later. So no, I will not be sending nudes. No one is safe. Also, I have three cats, 170 centimeters tall, dyslexic, and loves brunches. Okay. Um, <laughs> I enjoy that she goes roundabout way. Uh, you know what? I like this. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I, I'm i going to give it an eight. Yeah. she got some very tall cats. Yeah, that's what worries me. <laughs> Maybe that's her friend at the start. 170 yeah. centimeter tall cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, give it a nine. You know, it's funny. And like, it's obviously not very serious. You know, um, this is Caroline not looking for hookups. Winky face. Ooh. Dog mom, Avroid lover, enemy number one of olives and slow walkers. I've recently started running and can't help but feel like Phoebe Buffet. I'm into greasy food, beer, whiskey, hiking, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and hating season eight of Game of Thrones. Brazil and Canada flag. I also hate olives and slow walkers. So mm-hmm. points there. What's I like pretty A-Roid? much all of- I was just about to ask you, because everything else was pretty good. 
How do you spell it? Oh, it's a plant. And she's an Aroid what? Lover. Oh. Big fan of these little guys, these little green boys. What if she just missed an N and it's an Android lover? Well, she'd be missing two letters. It's not A R. Oh, you're right. Android. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What does the winky face mean? Yeah, I, I thought that was the whole profile. And I was like, damn, that's some solid mixed messaging. I like it. Yeah, not looking for hookups. Wink. Because usually know. when you wink, that means that what you're saying isn't true. Yeah, maybe they don't understand. Or maybe it's just they're making the joke that like most people who are like, oh, I don't want to hook up are the people who are then like, hey, go back to mine. I don't know what Caroline's up to. And I'm confused. But I feel like we would bond quite well over our hatred of season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I like it wholeheartedly. It's a 10. I'll give it a nine. We got some good ones this week. Are you ready ready for my finale? Mm -hmm. It's a Canada flag emoji. It's a fireworks emoji. It's Mm -hmm. a French emoji. Okay. And or like flag, French flag. And she says, Conor McGregor isn't the only person who can finish someone in 40 seconds. Damn. Okay. Not bad. I'm going to give that a give it an eight. Give it a nine. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. It's sexy. It's also a challenge. Kind of lasts longer for sure. I'll and it's the kind of challenge where either way it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. You got one more for me, or no? Nope, that's it. Cool. That I'm glad we could finish on that in 40 seconds. In 40 seconds. Uh, thank you very much for listening. That has been our show, friends. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. We love you guys, and we love Josh Eagle and the Harvest Cities for their song "Paper Stars." If you would like to support the show, once again, you can head on over to fbuddiespodcast.com or plentyofbeef.ca and visit our website. You can check out the Patreon section. That'll bring you to the page in which you could then pledge uh, to become a patron. And we would thank you and love you forever and ever. Um, If you're not able to do that, because we know the pandemic has fucked everything forever um, and you don't have the extra cash, then uh, a simple share of the podcast or recommendation to one of your friends, a review or rating on any of the various podcast platforms would be also very much appreciated. And it only takes about 30 seconds and it's free to do. Um, otherwise, you can send us a question in on the contact form. You can choose your own agent name and uh, we will keep it completely anonymous and answer it as soon as we can. Hell yeah. Are you for some bad sex writing? I am. All right. This is an unattributed excerpt. Hey, baby, it's happening. I'm ovulating right now. I felt the tingling of my egg coming out. But the most obvious change to Felicia's body was from the woman who'd let me join her in the shower was a full inch of waistline added from a burgeoning uterus filled with my bountiful overnight deposits. Imagining those seeds making her way into her fallopian tubes, seeking that most precious precious treasure of eggs and bringing them to life within her flooded womb, I felt myself stiffen once more. Is this about the same guy who like can tell people aren't virgins based on the, the stomach flatness? I assume they swim in the same rivers. <laughs> yeah. You in know? the same in the same sludge pools. Yeah, the same sl- social sludge pool. That's not how it works, man. Women aren't just like when you ejaculate inside a woman, it doesn't just get all stored up in there. They like they're not camels. They don't have fucking like Come humps. But, uh, wait, women do humps. have humps. Hmm? Women do have humps. As yeah, lovely the, lady lumps. Uh, yeah, exactly. You fool. Well, they're not filled with fucking cum. <laughs> I fucking hope not, at least. Because I believe they're talking about their, their butts and their boobs. 
which, as far as I know, are not my filled humps, with semen. My humps, my humps. Check it my, out. I'm a man who loves a big butt. Will that change if we now acknowledge that butts, big butts are just giant semen receptacles? Wouldn't matter to me. Butt's a butt. Butt is a butt. Like the way you think. But what if it's just roiling around with other people's semen? Just a whole mishmash of semen. Like a, okay. a, Who cares? A semen jambalaya. We've survived this long. Who gives a shit? This is a fair point, and I appreciate you for talking me off this ledge. Yeah. You know what? I feel like you're okay. I'll be okay. It's the worst ending we've ever done. <laughs> is it? I, I, like, I'm still thinking about these kids on the farm. Yeah, that's fair. My name is Dane Miller. And I'm Nelspain. We've, we've been your Gone Girls. Ha, 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 ha.